0: more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray welcome to save the lost at all costs posted by save the lost at all cost inc featuring your sister in christ and humble servant of the lord nina s griffin To Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Loss at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you are local, you will dial 702-650-5588 to join in on our discussion today. Again, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. That is 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live over KKVV's website website that stands for 1060 AM and we're on the FM dial at 100.1 FM so we are waving to you right now that's myself Pastor Terry and Minister Chaplain Rachel so again their call numbers are www.kkvv.com we're also being streamed from Save the Loss at All Costs website and our web address is www.savethelosslv.org if you have missed any of our previous broadcasts we direct you to the website again w the Loss, LV, Look for our weekly radio archive. Select the date that you like to listen to. Uh, we have tons of broadcast up there for your listening pleasure. And also the gospel is always free on our watch. If you have an Apple device, we are also archived for free on iTunes as well. If you have a cell number, excuse me, a cell phone, which most of us do, KKVV uh, has a cell phone number that you can dial to listen to Save the loss at all costs right now. Also, you can listen to KKVV anytime that you want to. And I'm going to give you that cell number. That cell number is 705-313-0630. Again, that cell number is 605-313-0630. So I really encourage you to uh, put this in your cell phone contacts. It only works in the United States, but it'll probably be one of the best friends that you have. At least it'll tell you the truth. Amen. Amen. So you already know who I am. In the center we have, uh, Pastor Terry. Some say Pastor T. Some say Pastor Joe. He's always Pastor Terry to me. And, uh, how you doing, man of God?
1: Great. Every day I wake up is a, a great day. I deal with whatever may come my way, but it's, it's a great day when I wake up.
0: Alright, well praise God. That's what we'd like to hear. And across from me, that's just fam. You know, a lot of, we've been fam for a minute and, uh, We used to work at a place, and uh, I made sure that I made certain that everybody understood what FAM was. And so so we didn't greet each other by our names anymore. We just like, what's up, FAM? Because at the end of the day, that was what it was about. It wasn't about being an individual. It was about having the love about family because workplaces are stressful. Wouldn't we agree? Amen. And sometimes we spend more Time with the people we work with than our own families, that's true. and so with that being the case, I wanted to stress that uh, that was my a man corner over there. She was the first one to caught the vision, so that that's fam and, and God bless her. But for those uh, who are not partaking in the fam yet we want you to know that's minister chaplain rachel richardson how are you woman of god
2: blessed and highly favored
0: well (laughs) uh, we will not argue with that so last week uh we started on a part one of a segment called testimonies so it was riveting if you didn't catch it i really strongly encourage you to go to the website and you will be able to check it out. Again, if you're just joining us, if you missed last week's broadcast, it was called Testimonies Part 1. And you can go to Save the Loss of Cost's website. And our website is www.savethelosslv.org. And if you looked at our weekly archives, it will be the first one sitting up there for your listening pleasure. Amen? Amen. So uh, Rachel shared a lot with us about uh, her testimony. And Pastor Terry is going to bless us this week uh, with his testimony. Now, I do have a Greek word because uh, I missed it uh, last week. We were so... Enthralled with what God had for us. So I want to make sure you get it this, uh, time. So it's G2540. That's Strong's, uh, concordance. Again, it'll be G2540, and it's Kairos. It's K-A-I-R-O-S, and actually it means time. It means season, uh, an affinity, uh, uh an occasion. So that is K-A-I-R-O-S. So that's what our Greek word is for today. So Pastor, I have one, uh, Verse that I'd like to share with us. Well, it's a couple of verses, and it's going to come out of 2 Timothy. So we can all go over to 2 Timothy, and um, we are going to be in uh, chapter 1. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're all getting over there. And uh, Pastor, I uh, thought about you, and you know, there are a lot of verses that come to mind when I think about you but I I wanted to bless you with this one so I'd like for you to read it and uh, I think you'll you'll feel uh, the love and the commitment and the understanding of what this verse means to me for you so 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verses 8 through 12 man of God would you read it so this is uh, my gift to you today
1: Amen. And
0: thank you Lord because he provided it And my mother wanted me to tell the listeners this one thing She said she was passing by I think it was Spring Valley Baptist Church And it said Happy New Year Same Jesus (laughs) That's right uh-huh. so a lot of people don't know what they're going to get in the new year but she wanted them to make sure that they had the blessing and assurance that Jesus does not change
1: Amen. Yeah. so
0: a lot of people say well I don't even know what to look forward to my mother said same Jesus so thank you mother I appreciate that Amen. I was obedient I shared that and before I walked down the stairs she said you remember don't you I said yes mother same Jesus yeah. so love you mom love she cares greatly for all the listeners as well as to us so I said yes I agree. Same Jesus. Amen. So again, we are in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, and we're looking at verses 8 through 12. And uh, Pastor, you have the New King James Version. Would I be correct? Right. All
1: right. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Verse 10, But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Verse 11, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Verse 12, for this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. First Timothy 1, verses 8 through 12.
0: And what stood out to me, Pastor, it says that he was appointed not just a preacher, not just an apostle, but also a teacher. Amen. And it says, of the Gentiles. Amen. Can you imagine? He had three assignments. And this is young Timothy. So I thought about you, Pastor.
1: Amen. Amen. All right.
0: All right. So Pastor, uh, what do you have for us? What has the Lord put on your heart?
1: Well, I uh, wanted to share with the listening audience some of uh, one of well, I, I believe one of the greatest challenges God uh, brought me through and out of uh, first wanted to mention the fact that I know over the years I've mentioned, I do have a published work. Uh, published a book in 2012, "Getting the Monkey Off Your Back," and there were some things that I wanted to address as I give my testimony. But I never forget the trip that I made to Detroit. It was the first time I'd ever been in Detroit. I was going there for the Super Bowl. I was in the uh, Metro. Um, well, not, not. Not the Metro Airport, but I was in the airport, and it just happened to be that uh, the security there um, was some of the police that were part of the Metro Police, just like we have the Metropolitan Police here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I had my Super Bowl tickets, my airline ticket, all in one envelope, and was in my back pocket. And I reached down to pick up my luggage. And when I did that, the people that was working the baggage claim, one of them pickpocketed me, took my tickets. I didn't realize that until later on, I knew they were gone. But then when I backtracked, I, I knew that when I discovered they were gone, that they had to been missing from that particular spot that I was in, that was the only opportunity anybody would have had to take them, even though, you know, airport was crowded. Mm -hmm. You know, I I knew nobody was close enough to me at any given time to, to take the tickets when I discovered they were gone, except for the people in the baggage claim. Now, these people worked in the baggage claim. So I went back to the baggage claim, and I told the guy, I knew he was the one, that took tickets, and uh, he was saying, uh, you know, I'm crazy, you know, and this, and that, and the other, and the police came up, and then he had his buddy, who was an accomplice in the matter, and he was... Well, he you had, was, you had
0: two tickets, so one person can't sit in two seats, right?
1: Yeah, 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 and he was a heckler, and I told the police, I said, now, if he don't shut up, I'm going to put my foot in his mouth, And they said, "Well, sir, if you do that, we'll have to take you to jail." I say, "Well, he, he, you better shut him up, because I'm getting ready to go off on him right now." When I got to, finally got to the hotel. I mean, by that time, I was, I was feeling destroyed. I mean, look, my tickets were gone for the uh, game. My airline ticket to get back home was gone. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to go to the game because now the tickets are gone. So, i never forget this. I went into the bar and I ordered a double Cognac. And I drank and it didn't do anything. Then I got another double. It still didn't do anything. So, I said, well, I'm going to go to my room. And when I got to my room, I fell, I'll never forget this, I fell on my knees. I was crying. I was that upset. And it dawned on me, at that time, you know, every hotel room you go into, it had a Gideon's Bible. I pulled open the drawer on the nightstand and there was a Gideon's Bible.
0: Was it the gold edition?
1: Uh I don't recall that.
0: <laughs> I think it might have been. <laughs> that was embossed. You know what I mean? Had texture. I know. Uh-huh.
1: I know what you're talking. About. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't believe it was. But it should have been because I had. I had the like the top suite in the whole hotel.
0: Oh, you had the gold edition. <laughs>
1: okay, and I grabbed it because. Just prior to that, my car had, I was carjacked, my car had been taken, and prior to that happening, the car that I had before that, and you know I didn't drive them with Cadillacs then, and it was one, had all of, you know, the wire wheels, custom grill, the whole thing, they stole the car from right in front of the church, okay, (laughs) All of these things were happening in succession. And the reason I'm sharing this with the listening audience is because God has a way of getting our attention. And while I had received Jesus and I had been baptized and then ordained a deacon, I continued to live the way I was living prior to. I actually went back to the pastor that ordained me deacon A week later and told him he made a mistake. This was before the Super Bowl incident. But all of this stuff led up to that night. And when I had that Bible, I just stood it up and let it fall open. And it fell open on Matthew chapter 6. And I started reading at the beginning. But it wasn't until I got to verse 19... That I realized God was speaking to me all alone. Mm-hmm. And that night, I was going to hear what God was saying. Because yes. I was broken. I was like, what else can happen? Right. You know, my car got stolen. It was stripped so bad, they told it. Then the car I bought, uh, I, I went like a month later and bought uh, a, a Seville, I had it for two weeks. It got totaled, and I was in it when it when it got totaled. Mm-hmm. I survived that. Went and bought another one. The one that I bought to replace it, another one, a, a Seville. I was carjacked, and they took that. Okay, so all of these things happening in succession led me. Well, you
0: know what Kanye say: Jesus walked. So Joe was going to walk.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think I would listen to anything Kanye had to say.
0: Amen. But that, that's just a joke. Pastor. I just
1: want to read this to the listening audience. Verse 19. Mm-hmm. I'm in Matthew chapter 6. I'm reading verse 19. And again, it's the New King James Version. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal verse 20 but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also that got my attention i was like Wow. Previous to going to Detroit, I had tried to raffle off the Super Bowl package and 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 I I used the church as a sponsor. So, all this start coming together. First, I can't hustle God. And and, and then the next thing is don't play with God because when you play with God, bad things happen. Yes. After that, all of those things happened, and that was like within a 24 month period of time, hmm. just one thing after another. It was a downward spiral. Then I found out previous to the to going and buying the Seville after the uh, my car w- was stolen, that I was about to be indicted. So everything I was doing. I stopped. I shut it down abruptly. I had to make a decision. And that was that I was going to either live for God or I was going to die. Because that's, I mean, all of the things that had occurred put me in the mindset of the only thing left that can happen now is I lose my life. So that in itself was... A tremendous part of my testimony. Uh, Unfortunately, it didn't stop there because it wasn't until about two and a half years after that. That I actually had this spiritual awakening. About 3.30 in the morning. And it was about maybe two weeks before Christmas. And I got on my knees. And I prayed a prayer, God, I want to get loaded and I don't want to stop, but please give me the desire to want to stop. So it was about five or six weeks after that, that I went into drug rehab and I spent 13 months in drug rehab. And to this day, I've been clean and sober 32 years, 11 months and 14 days. Amen. Um, Amen.
0: Praise God.
1: As a result of that, I wrote this book. Now, I want to give opportunity to you all to respond to what I've said, and then I want to share something out of the book related to what I dealt with. And you shared last Sunday about having two brothers Mm -hmm. that had an addictive personality and... You know, they demonstrated the addictive behavior in in drugs. But a lot of people listening to us automatically, when they hear us talk about addiction, they think drugs and alcohol. They don't realize that there's a, a, a myriad of things out here, especially in a city like this, that people get hooked on. And I've talked to people who say that pornography was... Are worse for them than drugs, you know, and that's just one of many things that we can get addicted to, but I just want to give you uh, two ladies, you know, uh, women of God, an opportunity to respond to what you've already heard from me, because, you know, last week what you shared was, I mean, you had me emotional, because I started to thinking about some similar experience. That I have, we all seem to have something in common that we've experienced, and I think somehow God does that. He brings people together with like experiences because who can be better able to help folks than the people that's been where they are, you know? And so I, I wanted to share that with the listeners. That first of all, don't play God. Don't try to hustle him. And if you play with God you asking for trouble. You know, when Paul says, be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatever man soweth that he shall reap, that is exactly what he means. And don't play with God, because the day of reaping is just around the corner, and the day of reaping is a,
2: has a arrived. bad day.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: has arrived. I've been reading a book, um, The ISIS Papers, and so this has been a long time coming. God ain't just showing up amen you know amen. what I mean he's coming to the rescue amen there's a lot of our brothers and sisters blood that's crying out and and um, and people have to give an account they amen. will be held accountable that's it God is God is done he's not going to be mocked but at the same time I also want to mention I, I think we need I, I do think we need to listen to Kanye a little more I mean his mom Danya you know he's been through a lot um, and since America's beginning to talk about some things we, we need to also remind ourselves that other people have had to sacrifice a lot You know, we we may have had to sacrifice um, parents or children or grandparents, whether it was to crack cocaine or homelessness. Amen. But but there are celebrities who have had to sacrifice a lot as well. And it may not always look like that. But but the more the more I'm beginning to read. Honestly, the more I'm beginning to see that there's a whole lot of truth in what my grandma said. If you don't want somebody ignorant to know something, put it in a book. And especially if a book looks old. People really don't want to pick it up. But it's in those old books that we're reading about new things that happened less than a decade ago. It's just been so dusty. Nobody wants, you know, everybody's been on their computers and their phones and basically take, sorry, taking that word for it that they, that they haven't, uh, continued to go to libraries and continued to search out the truth because we just take for what we see on the news and what we hear around us. We take that for granted, and I love that in Second Timothy it says in, in verse eleven it says, um, uh, "For which I was appointed." Amen. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't ask for this. You know We 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 came. We didn't ask to be born. We didn't ask to be born to the parents we have. Uh, I do a lot with young people and we, I go with Metro, we talk about choices at the schools and we say, well, you might have, you might have made the choice to eat what you ate this morning for breakfast, wear what you wore to school, but did you choose for your mom? For me, I say, who knows my nationality? You get all these answers. No, I'm black and white. I didn't choose that. I didn't ask for that. But it's something I've arrived in. It's the skin I live in. Amen. And Amen. it's the road you got to take. So, but I say that to say a lot of other people are, are living this same life. And because the lie has been a hundred years old at, at least, uh, the, the mental health issues and different things, just like we were talking about last week, they don't have to be if we begin to talk about the same experiences we have. Us uh, both losing a grandchild. You know, when I went home, I was able to tell my husband, like, I didn't know that, that, that Pastor Terry had, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? I, I, so, but in saying that, I've known you many years, Pastor and respect your teachings and respect your family, and, and, and I, I didn't know. So it was an opportunity for me to go, wow, we, we had more in common even than I thought. And um, in a way where, because when you can connect with somebody emotionally, right, you, they'll, they, you can take them higher than they've ever been because emotion is really what will keep us or, and we don't want to get lost on our emotions, don't get me wrong, but but if you love somebody, <laughs> Let's just talk about it. Then, then you're going to do some things that are going to show that. So you have to be emotionally attached in somebody's life in order to uh, have a desire to lay down your own life. Because if there's no emotional attachment, if we're just going in and doing a job, then we're not really going to wholeheartedly lay down our lives. We're going to only lay down a partial part of our lives that, again, God is asking for a complete laying down, a complete turning around, uh, uh, not just turning over a leaf like Pastor Benny Hawkins at Va- Victory Outreach, my pastor would say, uh, uh, but turning over the whole tr- Tree. a man digging up those roots and beginning to say that this is where we missed it. The foundation was a little off. However, if we're honest with what we've been through because again just I was a drug addict too pastor I, you know we've talked about amen. that before amen. and 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 getting the monkey off your back amen my mother loves the book I do too she's a recovering addict as well however I say that to say it was great to hear from a pastor who was willing to tell us about the monkeys
1: right okay because right, right.
2: we don't always hear about that no. that's the truth and so when me and my mother read the book we, we it was relatable it wasn't somebody who had been to theology school and can break down the word and can honey we'll give you an exegesis in a minute you hear me yeah. but it was about <laughs> Somebody who, who not only can exegete the word of God, but also can been there. Can, can, can be transparent yeah. about what he's been through so that he's able to remind us as humans, amen, that that, that, that that no matter what we've been through, if we're not dead, it ain't over.
1: You mentioned something about being emotional and, and, and having a, an emotional connection. Shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. Amen. Okay, that right there solidifies what you just said. About that emotional connection, Jesus had an emotional connection, and and more so with those that followed his teachings and that were a part of his ministry, but for the entire creation, that's that's deep. Amen. You know, he he didn't just die for the people that loved him; he died for the ones that hated him. Amen. Amen. And 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 when you look at the reality of that, man, that had to be some mighty deep love.
0: Well, we look at the the last words that he said, you know, basically, forgive them, Father, for, you know, what they, uh, they know what, uh, what is it? Forgive them, Father, for, for they, they know, know not, not what they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that was part of uh, his last words. You know what I mean? He had seven last words, and those are part of his last words. Yeah. Why would he say that? Out of all the things that God wrapped in flesh could say, because that was the most important thing. He said to Father, to his Father. And he makes intercession on our behalf and goes to the Father. So uh, it's important. And what I was thinking about, Pastor, when you were uh, speaking to us in the listening audience, my father had an older brother named James, and I never got to meet my Uncle James. My Uncle James was brilliant uh, to the point where he would be considered a genius. But in his lifetime, my father was born in 1929, so my uncle was born before him. And let's say 1926, there was no use for a black genius. And he was ostracized because he was brilliant to the point that it broke his spirit. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He died a young man. He died an alcoholic. And I never got to meet my uncle.
2: I bet you his brilliance was used on the other side.
0: <laughs> and and the thing is, is that we've lost some, as you were saying. And we are here to bear witness that nobody else has to be lost. And that Jesus is real. And I wouldn't be able to make that testimony had I not got to the point where... I didn't want to see any more loss. When you live in a house and there are two addicted children, and your mother is the greatest superhero that you ever seen in your life, right. I mean, it didn't matter what time the phone rang. She was gone. She was gone. It didn't cost. Didn't care what it cost. I mean, you have to understand. This will attack your integrity. This will attack your family name. Uh, people will question your judgment. People will uh, question your DNA. You know, how does this keep happening? You know what I mean? What's wrong with your family? My mother didn't listen to any of that. Just total laser beam focus that I'm going to care for my children. This is my assignment when we say That's right. appointed. That's right. So, uh, I thank God that uh my mother has that wherewithal and it comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. It does. But we are able to know about our relatives and whatever condition they were in, they're loved and they mattered and we thank God for them. Mm -hmm. Because if we know that God could put a genius in our family, we are derivatives of those geniuses. So he's still my Uncle James. And no, I did not personally meet him. I will know him on the other side. So I'm excited about that. So pastor, it's important that, uh, We call their names. Amen. Amen. Let the redeemed say yes. That's right. So, and we say it now. We don't have to wait to die. That's right. To say it. So let the redeemed say yes. That's right.
2: uh, The
0: redeemed of the Lord should say yes. Amen. And I'm the redeemed. You're the redeemed. You're the redeemed. And anybody associated connected to me, dead or alive. So I'm representing. That's right. So thank you, Pastor. Amen. And you wrote a book, too.
2: I did. I, I got to, yes, I was a co-author to a book called Faith Is, and in the book writing process, it kind of, I, I, you know, God really took me back to, I kind of thought I knew what I would write because I was a chaplain. It was a bunch of chaplains writing a book, so I thought I kind of had an idea, and it was only a chapter, and there's a minimum of 1,250 words, all these things. I don't know. I've never written a book previously. However, point being, um, I had to really start thinking. And rethinking and rewriting and rethinking. And you know what? I can't, and God showed me faith is not something that, you know, they say faith is blind. My husband loves the analogy. Faith is not blind. It's not, we don't walk by sight, not, or we walk by faith, not by sight. However, we don't put blindfolds on and just aimlessly walk around that everything we do is because of something that already happened. So the faith that is built in our life for the value that the, the degree to which we believe God for something is because what has happened before. Now, before he saved my son from being aborted or medically terminated. As the doctors said, because he had trisomy 13, let them tell it. He wouldn't live to be one. He would be so, you know, deformed that it would be such a burden on our family. They had already contacted my insurance for me and did me the favor of getting the preauthorization to go ahead and terminate this pregnancy as if they were my God. But I'll tell you what, after I believed God for a miracle and my son came out just fine and he's now a healthy eight-year-old, honey, my God, that level of degree of faith jumped a little bit.
0: I don't always (laughs) believe what the
2: medical community tells me anymore. I've had to look into things like vaccinations. I've had to look into things, uh, you know, the, the Garda Cell shot that they want, you know, your daughters to have at 13 mm-hmm. and, and, and even the measles virus that's, you know, supposed to be an epidemic and, you know, we all need to run down and get vaccinated for. And, and the reason I'm, I'm saying this is because of the fact that, that faith has been proven. It's been tested. And there was a time when I was an addict, my faith wasn't that big because I didn't know what God had brought me through. I didn't know that, uh, I was like Moses literally placed in a, a Basket in a river type of thing. Uh, I didn't understand my 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 background, so I didn't understand my history, or I didn't understand my future, and it looked very grim <laughs> because I didn't know where I came from. I didn't know that that uh, that God had sheltered the 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 seed. You know the seed, and I'm grateful. I'm a mother's only child. You know what I mean? And and I'm thankful, man. I'm thankful. Me I have five children myself, but me. I know that you know. Um, there's an opportunity for us to be able to not just connect with people and relate and to tell them our stories, but also to be able to pull them out of the pits they're in, because there's still addicts out there, mm-hmm. you know, there's still uh, alcoholics out there, there's still gamblers out there. I took the wrong street because I came up the industrial and and everything, you know, everything over there. Because I heard you talk about pornography. Pornography mm-hmm. is huge in our churches, and we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. However, driving down industrial, you could just see the the people who got off on the wrong, you know, the tourists with their husbands. Who got off on the wrong bus because they wouldn't they didn't even hold their eyes up. You know, there was like two, three women I literally saw like not trying to look. And I thought, man, God, this is the city I live in. I have sons in this city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what can I do to counteract that, but be better than that? Mm -hmm. You will want to be with somebody like your mama if you respect your mother. And now my grandma's words of wisdom always come back. I love, I love my grandma Ella. She was a fighter. Again, mentioning names, Ella Rhodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, and my grandpa Ben, boy, my papa Ben will pinch the mess out of you, but, uh, (laughs) it was to show you that he loved you because he had, you know, a stroke and couldn't speak. And, oh, but if he pinched you, you knew. You know, you knew that Papa was thinking about you. Amen. And it had been a while since he seen you, but he recognized he's seen you today. Amen. Amen. And, um, we have to learn to continue to tell the stories, continue to call their names. Amen. Because they're not forgotten. You know, mm-hmm. my Uncle Pinky, I call his name quite often because of the fact that, again, Maurice Pinky McAllister, that, that's a huge testimony in my life because of, of my case, you know, when, when I was convicted in 1998 of murder, um, that was my uncle. That was you know, that was the only man who bought my baby's diapers and didn't complain. That was the only the only male affection of, of genuine love without wanting anything else that I had ever seen in my life. And to and for me to kill that at my own hand, I never thought I'd be able to have a husband. This is where this is leading to, like you wrote the letter for. You wrote a letter before my husband showed up in my life and you detailed everything down to his big arms to hold me and my children. I remember that letter over 15 years ago, Amen. Nina. And I love you for that, fam. Amen. And that's the type of stuff that... But but because I had killed the man who only loved me with nothing, I never thought I would ever deserve nobody who would, again, do anything for my children, especially if they're not his children, biologically, um, and ask for nothing in return. But my husband did. And not only did he, but he waited. My grandma said, my grandma Peggy said, if he loves you, he will wait. Yes, Miss Peggy Sanders, I hear you. And, and my husband waited. Amen. We didn't even kiss until we were married. Amen. And for somebody who's, you know, been through the ringer and, you know, to hell and back, literally, God knows what we need and he knows what we want, but I would have never been able to accept that because of, you know, in my mind, I had already killed the only man who ever loved me. Without anything, you know, without ever wanting anything. So now I felt like I never deserved that again.
0: But the thing in, in all fairness is it was not premeditated. No. I mean, amen. you you just have to spend a couple of, uh, you know, a minute or two. And then we'll mm-hmm. segue back to Pastor Terry uh, and set people up as to how it went down. Uh, in fairness to you. Amen.
2: Um, well, again, blood us thicker be, than water. Be, because
0: the heart. Yes. You know, God knows your heart.
2: Amen. And blood is thicker than water. And I went to a party and my cousin got jumped by some females and um, I shot a gun in the air. The bullet ricocheted off the sign and it ended up hitting my uncle. I had drove away, you know, once because, again, where I'm from here, a gunshot, you duck and run. We know the drill. So, you know, we heard the gunshots. My cousin got in the car. We drove off. And, you know, I left my uncle over there dying on the curb, man, and, and had no idea. But I'll tell you what, the 222 days that I spent locked up, I met more amazing women. That I would have never even spoke to, because I thought, you know, I I lived a certain lifestyle. Let me just be honest. You know what I mean? I was I was I was a housewife, not not nothing else. I was the you know the the main chick. If I made the I, I had money. I was never a drug addict. I was always a dope dealer. I was you know I thought, but I wouldn't sell uh, pregnant people dope. You know I have morals too. However, um, I just would not have spoke to them to be honest. I wouldn't have. A lot of them reminded me of my mom. You know I sold crack, but I didn't speak to crackheads. And I was able to see these women in their county blues, man, hear their stories, pray for them, pray with them, pray for their children, and hear them. These women are real, and they are sick and tired, too. And even coming out when I became a drug addict after having to live with taking the life of my uncle, um, I had the opportunity even then not to relate my drug addict cronies, if I may, with the women I've seen in jail, because again, we were out just trying to get our next hit. But I remember still being a mom, and I remembered still being with these broken women, and I remember now that these these people that I'm <laughs> pulling licks with, we don't really want to be like this. And if somebody would be willing to mention a kid, or to mention growing up, or to mention life could be better, then maybe we would all talk about it. But we're all so busy trying to get high and we were all so busy trying to, you know, outdo each other, if I may, that nobody spoke about it because we didn't want to relive the pain. But now, oh, I don't have I will let I will let somebody in a minute use my phone to call their daughter. You hear me? I don't care who she is. If I stop to pray for her and she says, can I use your phone? Absolutely. Because I know that 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 that's my heart's cry is for the children. And it was for mine then. And it is for
0: everybody's now. But we, we We don't walk in fear.
2: Not at all. Amen.
1: You know, she had to share that, what she just shared, Mm -hmm. for me to go into what I'm going to share with with the people.
0: Well, I wanted people to keep their ears open. I didn't want them to close them.
1: Right. Um, Wow. The way God is working all of this together, you know, it's revelatory. But I wanted to read to the listeners, um, to you all. You've probably read some of this before, but this is uh, chapter one of getting the monkey off your back. And, uh, it's now, we can get
0: both of you guys' book at Amazon, right?
1: Yeah, yes. this, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, e-books. Um, what's the other uh, tablet? Uh, Kindle. Kindle, yeah. You <laughs> yes, get all,
2: Amazon and Kindle. Faith um, is.
1: Right, right. And uh, so... Chapter 1 of the book is entitled The Problem, but here's uh, one of uh, the uh, subheadings, and this is actually page 1. I'm going to be really reading from the middle of the page. When people are struggling with what the world defines as addictive behavior or an emotional disorder, often the problem is identified as either psychological, physiological, or both. When the disorder is associated with substance dependence, the malady is recognized as a disease. And this is interpreted by some as rendering the victim helpless and in some portrayals hopeless. Also, it removes responsibility for the actions of the individual plagued by the malady. Because when one has a disease, she or he is a victim deemed helpless due to that condition. What message does this send to those who make the choice to indulge in and become abusers of alcohol, drugs, gambling, pornography, and other addictive behaviors? Conversely, the Bible identifies these maladies as strongholds. There is an old saying that is prevalent in the secular support groups of recovery. Once an alcoholic or a drug addict, always an alcoholic or drug addict. What is the nature of the problem? Is it physiological? Um, is it psychological? Physiological or both? Is it spiritual? Or all three? Identifying the problem will be the primary focus of this chapter. Discovering the solution will be the objective, resulting in a suggested method of recovery and or deliverance for the reader. Now, the next subheading deals with the nature of the condition, but the reason I wanted to read that is because you made a a statement and then you asked a question about, you know, how can people get any help if nobody's talking about the solution? You know, we too busy, caught up in the behavior, whatever it is. It, it might not be drugs and alcohol. It, like you said, it might be pornography. It might be gambling. You know, it could be overeating. It could be a number of things we're caught up in. But if that's where we are, and nobody is talking about the solution, or even mentioning the fact that there is a solution that exists. So we've got to come in contact with somebody who's traveled that road and they found a solution. And of course, what I do in all of the pro and con type information that I give throughout the book is that I show that it leads to a warranting of God that it's not going to be a solution that is bona fide or that is substantial, one that will be sufficient if it's not sought through the one who is omniscient, who knows everything, omnipotent, who has all power, and who is omnipresent. And, and, And I take the reader to a place where now they can see If God's not real, they really in trouble. Because that's where I was that night when I fell on my knees and I prayed to God. and And for maybe the first time in my life, I really was honest with me, except for when I asked Christ to be my Savior. When I said, I want to get loaded and I don't want to stop, but please give me the desire to want to stop. That was my night of deliverance because for once I sought the one who could do it. And I called on him out of earnestness. And and because of that, God took action because what? He knew he had my full attention and that I was serious about what I was asking him to do. And it happened.
0: But you believed he could do it.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: See, there's no point in praying to a God. Having a savior that you don't, if believe, you don't that, believe, right? If you don't believe he can save you or you don't believe he can do what he says. So that that's the whole thing at the end of the day. This is where we come down to the testimony. There is a test guaranteed and there will be multiple tests, but you got to believe in the one that's given the test. Amen.
2: And, and I, I'll have to say that I, I and that he grades fairly. Well, and see that. And I was just going to say Amen. that I, I grew up in. in multi-denominational homes. Uh, because wherever you went to home, wherever you stayed is the church you went to, right. right? So, so whether it was Lutheran or, you know, Kojic or Pentecostal or whatever it may have been, I know they're both Pentecostal. Long story short, there was a, di- I got different vibes from everybody religious wise. So I'm going to be honest. When I went to jail, I didn't know if God was real because I didn't wear that skirt. I didn't talk in tongues. I didn't, <laughs> you know, I didn't have a white hat. I didn't even have a little white handkerchief that you're supposed to put on your head when you go to take your communion on the third Sunday and the second row. Like I didn't know the lingo, but I'll tell you what, what i did know that if anybody was going to be able to reach me it was only going to be god and so god was able to put me in a situation just like you said where and when i didn't have nothing else i'm sitting here for murder i don't have nothing god you you're the one who knows the truth and then after i was convicted amen by a jury of my peers uh, of of an accidental i mean just i didn't know what to do here i am 21 years old about to spend two consecutive life sentences in prison um you know, God, God, God had to bring me back to that because it's been over 20 years, Pastor. And, sometimes, and you were a mother. Absolutely. Mother of two. My daughter, I didn't uh, five days before her fifth birthday was when I got locked up. But she became a mother last year and I was there for the birth of my first grandson. Amen. Her father was calling from prison, Mr. Arthur Smith, since we're, since we're speaking names. And um, but I was there with my daughter. And and, and and God brought me even back to that. And then I got grateful after after he passed on because I said, I'm here with my daughter. I could have been calling her collect too. I wow. would have probably lost my mind in that jail cell if my baby had to go through something like this. And I couldn't even, I, I don't know, but I'm glad I didn't have to go through something like that. But he took me back again 20 years ago. Don't get comfortable. Yeah. Don't get comfortable because that could have been you. You would have been paroling into your second 20 years. And I just had to just drop to my knees and just thank God because I didn't know God before. Then I was confused. I didn't know if he was real. I didn't know if I fit the profile. But what I did know was could nobody else help me. And because nobody else could help me, thank you, Pastor, I knew that he was going to have to show up and show out or I was just going to die. Or, whatever. you know, whatever that looked, just like you were saying also. And then even when I got out after the miracle he performed, like I was speaking of last week, and I thought the only way to get rid of the pain was through death i knew god when i was locked up you know i prayed for women who knew they were going to prison and they got probation again you know Amen. i knew god was real he did miracles i went to the funeral of the man that i was accused of murdering this doesn't happen i heard right i, I asked the judge can i go to my uncle's funeral she said uh, miss mccallister let me tell you something yeah. there are people in here whose mothers die and they're not accused of doing it and they don't get to go Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, is, is that a no? A mm-hmm. Yeah, I still don't know. I've never been locked up. I don't know how the system works. I don't care because it wasn't. You know, my family. I never grew up hearing cotton picking stories. Nothing. We were always told the truth. We are somebody, amen. Yeah. And and um, and we will be somebody. And so I didn't. I didn't know what to expect, even in a hearing. I had never been in the system. I don't know. And so, long story short, um, it, just the gratefulness that even being able to think about. I went to my uncle's funeral. Who does that but a God that is invincible, a God who 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 is not invincible, or a God who, who um, like you said, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. Man, he is the one who ultimately allows for us to recognize that this is bigger than man. This is bigger than humans even. Amen. That this is something that, that, that when we look back on our lives and we see when we should have overdosed, when I should have, I didn't go to church. I was looking for 400 ecstasy pills. I wasn't looking for a church. Right. That was a car wash that found me. So when we say things like God, God's not. If we have to believe first, I don't believe that, man. Our purpose is our purpose. And even when we're down and out, God will back us into that corner like we were just talking about. Strip us of everything we that we think matters at all just for us to finally go, whatever. You know what? Whatever. If he, what do you want from me? You know what I mean. And then if if he speaks and we listen, that's how the faith is grown. And the more that we see that faith grow, the next time it's like we don't have to go being stripped of everything. We go willingly. Lord, you gave it to me. What what, what do I need? You just like when we moved, you miss Nina, and you said I don't want you to take nothing. You take everything to your home. Yes. I still sleep in that bed, that amazing bedroom set. I still, you know what I mean. And I love you for that Amen. because God allowed for us to be blessed through somebody who apparently was being cursed, if I may. Right, you know. And well, I'm the thing grateful. is, was that, was. I'm willing to give
0: it up exactly. because I, 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 I trusted God for something else. Because I fought for seven years. We
1: went through the same thing. They try to hold Yours on to that. Different. Yours <laughs> <was different. laughs> you went through the same thing I went through, but it look, was a different look, vehicle I, that I, got you there. I had
0: I had oil, I anointed the door, I, I you know, I was trying to get up under the, the house, you yes. know, I had dug in. And so God said, This is not your house anymore. Amen. And so when it came, it came. And I said, okay, I had 12 hours and I'm going to call some people that are really in need. And the testimonies that I heard, the miracles say, you have no idea. Had a couple that were there. They said, we have to have furniture in our house. If they don't have, we don't have furniture, they won't let us have our kids back. I said, take what you need. Are you sure? I said, it's paid for. (laughs) Take it. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so the thing is, is that did I trust God to do a new thing? Mm. Did I trust him to give me something better? And the thing is, is that it will come to his own children. God spares nobody. You know, I wasn't going to be spared. Why should I be spared? You know what I mean? But I knew that he could do it. And the thing is, he kept me busy for seven years. So... After that, I said, you mean I don't get to keep it? He said, no, you moving on. But the thing is, I didn't lose my mind. I didn't lose my testimony. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that I was able to give, you know, to my church body. And I saw what I gave, you know, how you give us the letter, you and your lovely wife. And I said, Lord, it was nobody but you. <laughs>
1: amen and and amen. that's the
0: whole thing be a cheerful giver don't give up on him just keep doing what we're supposed to do in our testimonies and we need to speak out and so uh i'm grateful and that you guys are all witnesses i mean it just didn't happen amen. in a bubble. a bubble excuse me you know what happened i know what happened you know what happened amen, amen. amen. so the thing is this is real people these are our lives we're not playing we're not here, uh, you know, what uh, our faces all made up and we got to go to three different rooms before we come on the air. No, it's not like that.
1: I, I believe that what we share and what we've shared just in the last two weeks mm-hmm. should be a sufficient indication to anybody who questions, will God show up when you really need him? and i believe if there's somebody listening to us right now maybe someone who's contemplating suicide oh, wow. yes hold up on that
0: yes please
1: yes. cuz god is going to show up for you yes. if mm-hmm. you will just trust him mm-hmm. trust him to do it what we've heard from Rachel minister Rachel is it was a, a miraculous work of god mm-hmm. what i shared with you my experience i had to lose some stuff so that God could get my full attention. Minister Nina had to lose some stuff. And you know what? I don't minimize the loss of life, but sometime God will move people out of our lives that we deeply love and we don't understand it. We don't realize that where they are is a much better place than where we are But the physical absence of that person we love, it plagues us. But God, once again, will have our undivided attention. And that sometimes saves us from leaving here a lot sooner.
0: Amen. That's right. So we've made it. Save the loss at all costs. We've made it by wonderful people. You know, uh, they blessed us. They believed. They gave their time, they gave their resources, and we love you. And we'll be back in 2019. Put Jesus first and watch how your life will grow. We love you. God God bless. Save the loss at all costs. Amen. his very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605 313 0630. Again, that number is 605 313 0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website ww.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation or learn more about our ministry please visit our website at ww.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer you can mail in a donation Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is. 3 335852 North Las Vegas 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, And don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.